when you really start to hang out in soul space, meaning the expanded framework of identity, which exists potentially beyond this particular incarnation in spirit and body. When you connect with that soul space, the orientation that you have to how you think about things shifts. It's as if you have a bird's eye view, if you will, of your life from a perspective that is expanded. I don't want to say higher. Um, that's the temptation, but it's more like clearer because instead of viewing your life and your experiences from inside of yourself, you begin to view them from a framework where you're looking almost from the outside in. It's as if the greater field is checking out the particle. Usually it's the particle self that's checking out the larger field. So it's almost like shifting an orientation. Now, one of the things that happens when we start to see our lives through the perspective of soul space is we get access to insight. We get different access to insight when we shift the perspective of where we're looking from. So when I look from soul space, I see different things about the unfolding landscape of my life. I'm going to start with the view from inside first and just say... I'm featuring here an image of my father, Greg, and Suhoya Sellers in the picture with, of course, Jonathan and myself, and my mom and my stepfather, Papa Jimmy. These are my parents at my wedding in 2014. And because three of those parents have left since then, I still have Jimmy, thankfully, but three of those parents have left, and those are the parents I grew up with, and those are the parents that extremely influenced the archetypal space that I inhabit, and of course, from a mom and dad perspective, Karen and Greg, I was directly influenced by DNA, and from a Karen and Sue perspective, I was directly influenced through um, teachings about creativity and the capacity for freedom as a woman. And so what I notice is that when I go to teach and to share, their story factors hugely into almost everything I do. I mean, maybe you've never taken a class with me where I don't talk about one of them. Last night I went to dinner with a friend and we celebrated our parents' birthdays. It was my father Greg's birthday yesterday. He would have been 75 and when I look from the inside, I have, of course, lingering grief over their loss because it definitely felt like they could have stayed here longer, and I certainly wish that they had. And it is essential to grieve as long as one needs to grieve, and then to also know when it's time to begin to curb that grief into something else. And that's how I feel today. I feel like my mourning cycle, which really started the same year as my wedding when Suhoya Sellers walked into her future, 
that my morning cycle has been going on since then. And my mom, Karen, and my father, Greg's, um, walking into their future. Add Carmen Baraka, our Native American elder and art ancestor. And it feels like it's, you know, close to nine years of oh, just that level of like, where are you, mom and dad? Like, it's so different out here without you. Where are you, Sue? And when I think of them as ancestors, of course, that where are you kind of goes away because now I'm in a bit of um, liminality, being with them as guides from another dimension. They're guides in a soul space. And so my curiosity is if I allow myself to complete a little bit with how my identity is being shaped by DNA, because I, you know, we pretty much do that our whole life until we choose otherwise, right? We are inside of our family story. And when we choose otherwise, sometimes we move away from that family. Sometimes we change our name. Sometimes we get full body tattoos. Sometimes we marry a person they wish we, we, we didn't. Like we're, we're, we're reacting to family for so long. And I'm curious what happens when we stop reacting to family in the way that um, is automatic that is our default settings. And so there's this place I'm inviting myself to consciously and those of you who want to, to consider it for yourself as well, where I begin to look at my identity from the expanded framework of the soul space and releasing the ribbons of grief, which are threaded through my field and inviting access to essential wisdom that is available from soul, which may or may not have anything to do with my DNA package. Now, depending on the tradition that you are raised in, some indigenous tra traditions believe that the same people um, just keep coming back as family and children and partners, and other traditions believe completely other things. So um, with all respect to the beliefs that others have, I don't have a, a worldview, shall we say, about how it works. I don't have any idea. So there is a sense, though, that when I'm able to release the grief and the constraint to the DNA package, because I've done a lot of work around that and around my ancestry, this shimmering ecstatic place begins to emerge, which is the larger framework for my identity to inhabit. I just woke up, so I'm having a hard time saying my words fully. <laughs> Expanded framework for my identity to inhabit. And so it's that view that I'm looking with starting today as I complete some ancestral packaging as I release ribbons of grief through the painting process, as I invite essential wisdom also through the painting process and meditation, and for me, moving my body and walking and swimming and stretching. And so today is just one of those days, and you can't force days like today where something new is happening. It has to arrive to you sort of organically. Sometimes you can summon it 
like when we're in a painting process like legend, we're sort of summoning it. We're like, okay, what you got? Ready to complete with an old story? What's the story that wants to emerge? So there's some inquiry, there's some focus, there's some pretty serious noticing about how you're operating. And I knew I was, you know, letting, allowing, inviting grief to inform a huge part of my life that was conscious but someone could just end up doing that for the rest of their life and not recognize that there is a choice point not where you move on per se but where you integrate and in our community we do a process where we are integrating the past and it becomes a foundation instead of uh, coming along behind us kind of showing up unbidden Instead, it becomes foundational. So today, my invitation to myself is for the parental story to become even more foundational and less something that happened in the past. And something that happened in the past is a space-time timeline, right? They, they left the planet for their other dimensions recently. I was born into the family. So that's all timeline stuff, right? So what happens if I exit the timeline? Many traditions say that soul is genderless and timeless. So what if I exit the timeline of familial pattern for an exploration and I move into a soul space timeline, which is an expanded view, and then I look at the framework of what's happening in my life from that expanded space. Now this is a super consciously chosen view and would only be appropriate for those who feel ready to look. And if you don't feel ready to look, you can still try. The thing is, is that soul space um, is pretty awesome in how it regulates information. It's um, pretty much not going to, in my experience, yours may be different, in my experience, not going to reveal a liminality until you in your physical form, uh, are absolutely ready for that. And it was just yesterday after painting a releasing and a welcoming of love and the invitation to my archetypal space that literally it felt like a shimmer. You ever have that, like where there's something out of the corner of your eye and you're like, hmm, what's that? That's cool. What's over there? And so I started looking over there and I was like, oh, I feel change. I feel change. What is it? What is it? And then this image of our wedding came into my mind and I was like, oh, right. Ready to release ribbons of grief and ready to welcome access to soul space and to essential wisdoms that they are my ancestors now and I don't need to constantly be inundated with their stories and their presences. They are here in the way that they are here and that is enough. And when my human timeline self is wise enough to look to my soul space self, then the suffering turns into potential. And that potential to me feels, yes, liminal, but it's such a shimmering. It's like, wow, what would become available if I allow myself to see with this, the eyes of the soul space? Now, if you've ever done plant medicines or psychedelics, you have a 
potentially clearer idea of that getting a look at your life and your life story thing. Because from the influence of those chemical infusions, you're able to get a different perspective. That's one of the reasons why people do it, right? Is like, oh, I wasn't looking at it like that way. And one of the hopes is that you bring back from that space what you found over there. So you try to bring back an expanded view. And this is something that my father, Greg, who had an accidental overdose in 2021, would say to me about his heroin usage. He did learn to manage it. And we know that what happened um, was not his choice and that it was maybe some bad stuff and extremely accidental because he told me he would never ever try to take his own life, even though he did, you know, mess around in those other dimensions. But he said that he would uh, take the heroin so that he could go over there where his real self was and try to bring something back from over there and um, wasn't quite able to do it. And so he would keep going back thinking that he was going to be able to bring it back again. I mean, I can't think of a clearer um, story of addiction in my own family than that. And in fact, I am addicted to that going over their space and getting that information and bringing it back into the ordinary space. I mean, that's what we do in painting. So I'm rather obsessed with it because I know it works and there's no imbibing. I've never actually imbibed anything and painted besides a glass of wine or two. So with that feeling of like, oh yeah, I'm over there. <laughs> Let me go get it. Let me get that self that is my full self and bring it back into my day-to-day life. But because of the gravity of day-to-day life, you just kind of come crashing back in. You're like, oh, wow, this gravity stuff is for real. And so in intentional creativity, one of the things we do is we go into those other dimensions and we bring parts of ourselves back. I mean, it's so humbling. We bring that expanded sense of self. We bring that storyline transformed into legendary we begin to see the really challenging things that have happened to us um, as learnings. And let me just say here, I'm not someone who believes that there are no mistakes. I absolutely believe there are mistakes. And I believe we can transform them. Let me also say, I do not believe that everything bad that happens, we created or called on or our soul signed a contract saying that would happen. I do not believe that. You can believe whatever you want about that. I'm not attached to what other people think. I'm just showing you sharing with you that that is um, not my experience and having worked with all kinds of people in trauma, the thought that they created all their trauma is, oh yeah, I just can't possibly imagine that because I see people caught in a lot of unintentional crossfire. And I think about like, well, if it, if it's true for the tree frog, is it true for me? So if the tree frog is in a toxic environment, did that intelligence of that tree frog call in that toxic environment well we wouldn't say so so we're generous to amphibians but are we generous to ourselves does the reindeer whose path has been interrupted by colonizers that the reindeer have been traveling for tens of thousands of years is that the reindeer's uh sole purpose is that the sole purpose of the sami people i don't think so it is 
what they do with it, but not that it happened that they've called on. So what we do with it is what we call in, but that it happened is not something that we call in, in my specific worldview. And so what this does is it allows you to see that there's a lot of things that happen that are sort of what we call unavoidable tragedies. You couldn't do anything to prevent that. And even if you tried, but what you do with it is up to you. And so in legend, it's like what we do with it is up to us. And that's the muscle we're practicing is how do we actually make the shift? Now I have been trying, uh, which is funny, trying to make a change. is just oxymoronic, right? It's just, yeah, I don't even know how that works, but I've been trying to make a change for, um, one year and one month and 21 days, <laughs> um, that I have been unsuccessful in making. And it's a perspective I have on my current life, um, life, what I'm living out. I have not been able to shift it. So today I am inviting myself to shift it through just exploring the shift, right? So I'm just being with, okay, what would I be thinking if I was able to shift it? And that's where I'm going to hang out as in our community, we're working with legend. And so each one of us in our own way can explore, um, what are the shifts that we're opening to? What are the default settings that we're releasing? What are the stories that we're composting? What are we opening to? And I don't necessarily decide what I'm opening to specifically. I just say I'm opening to, and in a way I'm turning not away from because it's now integrated into the compost. I'm turning toward this expansion of the what my soul space sees and wants to share with me. So that's where I'm at. And I'm inviting you, those of you who are listening, whether you're in legend or not, to consider for yourself what change are you moving into, which usually is possible after release. And do you have any language for that? And then turning toward an opening, even though you don't know what you're opening to. And so mine sounds something like, I'm completing the way I've been relating to my uh, familial associations. I have uh, composted and am in the process of integrating ribbons of grief from my relationship with my three parents with absolute astonishing gratitude that I got to have the three of them as my parents beyond grateful. They're exactly uh, my perfect mystical trio and they are my foundation, literally my foundation. And now I step on a threshold, what I call the equal sign, as I allow the energy of grief to be transformed into matter at the speed of light. In other words, I want my life to match up with the expanded framework that I'm opening to. I don't have language for the expanded framework. I'm just opening the frame and then I paint to discover and I write to discover. So my mind doesn't invent the thing I think I want because the soul is going to have something much more. Those are the kitties running down the hall. <laughs> like I heard a wild horses. Um, much more than I could possibly invent in the imaginal realm for myself. And so this is the work. This is the work 
at canvas, in community, at cause, through intentional creativity. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for caring. Thank you for listening to my process. Um, Thank you for witnessing me. And so this is part of our work here in Musea and in Cosmic Cowgirls is that we witness each other and get our stories expressed. And so if you need to have your story heard, uh, please share it with us. And sending you much love for your day.